I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hi, I am Danny Merlino, VP of Strategic Growth for Grow Your Occupancy, and today I have with me my friend, Katie Churchill. Katie is the Managing Partner of Full Spectrum Recruiting. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Katie, I think what sets you apart in the recruiting world for senior living is that you have a background in the industry, correct? I do. I do. Yes. I uh, worked for about 10 years in sales and marketing uh, for a couple different operators on the West Coast and, you know, took a little career break becoming a mom and things like that. And Max and I connected on LinkedIn and it was just the perfect moment to jump back in and also, you know, work in an industry I love so much, senior living, and also learn recruiting. So it's been yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> So needed um, having somebody that has just that understands the pain points, I think, of what companies go through and even like the community level, right? Like, so when you're recruiting or talking with candidates, you can probably really relate to what they're looking for, or maybe if they're talking about, well, this is why I left the last company because of this, 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 and this. You're like, okay, I can relate to that. Yes. Definitely. You know, I think it's it's fun because we get to parallel two industries, right? The recruiting staffing industry and then also senior living or I should say long term care because we recruit in skilled nursing and home health and hospice, too. But it is definitely awesome being able to parallel both and then using what I've learned in senior living, the urgency, right? When we don't have a position filled executive director, sales director, nurse, you know, and what that does to your community, but then also, you know, working in it for so long, understanding those urgencies and what a community actually needs has been very beneficial to then recruiting in the industry. I'm sure it has. So as you're talking with candidates, what are like the top main reasons? And I would love to be like a fly on the wall because I like to know the reasons too. Like what are the main reasons that candidates come to you of why they are searching for a new role? Usually it is culture uh, of the company. Uh, Maybe there was a huge shift, right? They're divesting assets or they're bringing on a ton of new assets. And, um, you know, that can shift in a culture a little bit or um, relationship with their leadership, uh, whether that be their regional or their executive director and butting heads and things like that. Um, for sales directors, at least, I mean, we know it's usually 16 months to 18 months that they're in their position before they kind of start looking elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I would say culture shift and then also um, relationship with their leader is the top two. Yeah. Do you ever hear anything still like I know salaries and bonus structures have across the board increased like since COVID. Do you ever hear the gripe is the money, like specifically for sales directors, I'm wondering? Yeah, I mean, sales directors, we're competitive, right? Like right. We, we want to win, uh, which is great. You want a competitive sales director. Um, I think, too, when they get a building to be 100% full 
and maybe the incentive then to keep it full isn't what they were getting before when they were getting 10, 12 move-ins a month is when they kind of get a little antsy and they're like, okay, well, I've kind of tapped it out, you know, what's next um, kind of deal. But I mean, salaries, we've seen those be very competitive. I mean, at least with our clients, they are right in line with the market. Um, and then bonus plans, it really does depend, you know, is this a new development lease up or is this a stable community where it's just one or two move-ins a month? And mm -hmm. so those are big conversations we have with our candidates on, you know, how much money they can make or how much of, uh, you know, how, how much is this going to propel them, I guess, in their career. Right. And I think it's interesting, too, that some people, um, you know, they want the climb in their career and they're, you know, like, hey, I want to achieve this, you know, the next level, maybe a regional level or area sales specialist. Um, but a lot of times they're completely comfortable at the community because they're capturing more on the bonus side and they're like, no, I'll stay right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think too, like when you have a, a very solid commission plan for a sales director that is really hungry for it, um, it, it is important to keep that incentive, right? If they're hovering at 95% and above, you know, they're not able to get all those move-ins in one month, having that high occupancy bonus is a huge, um, I mean, it's huge for those sales directors because then they know I'm still going to be able to live comfortably, right, mm. at this high occupancy. And then also, yes, most of our candidates are like, I want to be a specialist or regional or area, you know, one of those things where they then can can really go to the next step. And I think that's also the whole conversation of keeping your needs, wants, and desires of your career at the forefront of your, your leaders' minds. Like, I want yeah. this. How do right. I get, how do I get your job? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Be on yeah. the same page. Have yeah. those goals. Yeah. What, what, um, gosh, this is like the insider, like, view. Like, I love it. What do you hear about, um, like, training and onboarding? Or have you ever, like, placed anybody and then they come back to you and they're like, that was a hot mess. Nobody trained me. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, a couple of times. Uh, you know, I think we go through the interview process, which I can talk about interview process all day long, right? And um, we go through the interview process and the offer is made. That doesn't mean the job is done. There's still a recruiting process after the offer is made. There's signed on the dotted line. You know, it's still a, a, a you know, communication and be a human, right? Those human touch points. And I think that that's often um, not addressed as frequently. It's a scary time for that candidate. They just quit their other job. They're going to a new company. Yeah. You know, how are we then kind of keeping them in our family, if you will? Um, so yeah, we did have a candidate that actually was very excited about their new position and didn't hear anything from the regional for a week after she signed the offer letter. And she actually rescinded her acceptance and, and stayed with her other company because she just felt like, you know, well, if they're not going to touch base with me and at least let me know what the onboarding looks like, what paperwork I need to do, like nothing, like she just felt it was very disorganized and dysfunctional. And so she didn't want to move forward. I don't blame her, right? I, I do not blame her one bit. And um, I think that's a failed process. But then also even day one of their new job, do they have an email? 
do they have a login to their computer? <laughs> like, do, do they, they have, have a computer? <laughs> yeah, do they have a computer? Like, you know, there's so many things that we think might not add up, like, like little nuances that pile up that then become a really big thing, like mm -hmm. a fight with your spouse, right? There's always like little tiny things and then all of a sudden it explodes, right? <laughs> so that's the, that's the kind of thing of, of you don't want the candidate to feel like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Yeah, you know, did I just ruin my career? Like, no. So um, onboarding, even training, an agenda, you know, do they know expectations of them? What to wear? What time to show up? Um, all of those things that that make for such an exceptional experience for that person will then continue to be with them as they, you know, continue down the, the line for employment there. So, yeah. It, yeah. Interesting. It's just like, the sales process for senior living prospects. I tell people all of the time, just because you collected the the deposit, it's not a done deal. You still need to engage them. You have this, all those fears. You're starting something new. You still need to make sure that they understand the next steps and the process and welcome them into your family. And it's, it's the same type of process. And yeah. that you mentioned, you know, at that point, you really need to humanize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, the human, I, well, I feel like the human touch of it, like we are all humans, like the, the be human, be authentic, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're hiring this person, care for them, right? right. They're, they're joining your team. Um, and, and what does that look like? And I think, you know, for, like you were saying, like this, I talked about this at Cala, our California Assisted Living Association back in June, um, how senior living sales, when you go to tour a resident, um, it's the same as recruiting an employee. You want to, you know, talk to them about their needs and wants. You want to listen to them. Do their skill sets match? Like, you know, and it's the same thing with a resident, right? When you're touring them, make sure that they are seeing everything they want to see about the community. And we're spending a lot of time moving in residents and we need to be doing the exact same level of service when it comes to then candidates joining the company or the team. Yeah. It's like a courting process. It's like dating. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I once started a job and um, I mentioned not having a computer because it was like two weeks and then the laptop was sent to me. Um, and then they accidentally sent me two cell phones and I had to pay myself for the other cell phone, not even to be sent back to the corporate office, but like they had me send it to the correct person. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll go to the post office and do that. <laughs> and then like I started with Julie. I started Julie at Grow Your Occupancy and I I get cards and a Starbucks gift card and she sends me like five texts a day before I even start of how excited she is and cute little memes and like super and I'm like oh my gosh like I I knew I wanted to come join this team but like now like I first day wasn't even there yet and I already felt a part of the team so it, yeah. big difference. What a huge difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that and that's the culture, right? That's the mm -hmm. culture of and the relationships that Julie's building, you know, with her team that she wants to have is a culture of like excitement and, you know, we're going to do this together kind of deal. And I think that that is that is huge because that set the tone then for 100 percent the rest of your time. Yeah. And as I bring on new team members, I. Do the same. I, I did the same. Yeah, I yeah. think of like how Julie made me feel. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that for somebody else. You know, she set a the great uh, high bar and expectations. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we should do that for everybody. That's awesome. 
I couldn't agree more. When when you onboard new directors of sales, right, yeah. for maybe the communities that you're supporting your clients, um, I mean, is it like a full agenda? Do you like how how does it go and how long does it go? Yeah. So typically, I think one of the reasons that we're we're fabulous at onboarding sales directors is uh, that we have the time for it and it's dedicated time. We all know how hard it is for a regional director, maybe even an ED or area sales specialist to dedicate time and just focus on one individual. And, you know, Katie, when you don't have that dedicated training or point person, you know, people can just feel lost and things fall through the cracks. And it may be, you know, all of the best intentions are there, but you know, there's 10 other fires, right? And a regional is like, I have to go do this. I'm so sorry, but read through this manual and dive into the CRM, right? So (laughs) number one, we have the dedicated um, time, but yeah, at this point in time, we, we have a dedicated and very specific onboarding um, process. And yes, it's a, a two week agenda, but we consistently follow up for a solid 90 days um, throughout the 90 days to to ensure that that sales director feels supported and is on the right track. Because when you start a new role, you have all these emotions and you also have all your other duties and you're getting to know people and getting to know personalities. And probably like my first four weeks uh, with Grow Your Occupancy, there's a few things that I was so thankful that Julie and I met on a weekly basis because something that she told me the second time we met, I didn't comprehend it until like the fourth time we met, just because there's a lot of information when you start a new role, right? So yeah, uh, a dedicated process, checklists, um, having somebody just at your fingertips, just your mentor and cheerleader, um, extra sales training thrown in with that. So it's not just a, here's the checklist, you know, okay, today we're going to do the CRM, today we're going to do this, let's read the marketing plan, plan, excuse me, manual. Um, It's actually sales training thrown into it as well. So a lot of times you'll see companies just do that checklist, but there's no actual like training. A checklist isn't training, that's just crossing something off the list to understand a process, so. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think, I think the first, 90 days are so critical for really any team member. But if we're talking about sales specifically, um, you know, that's when they're really learning a whole new community, right? The community's amenities, the community's, you know, culture, the resident culture and the team culture, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. learning everything and it's, it's, it takes a little bit of time. And, you know, sometimes I hear like, well, it's been three weeks and they haven't had a move in. I'm like, they just started dialing. (laughs) Right. Correct. Break. Correct. (laughs) You know, it's, and we all know sales is sales. You can have really great months and you can have really terrible months. And, you know, what are we doing to flip that switch instead of like you've had a bad month? You know, it's like, yeah, they know that because they saw it on their paycheck. Right. Right. But also what, like, what do you need from me to be more successful next month? You know, you've had a tough one. Are you okay? Right. (laughs) everything all right with you you know and um I think that that's pretty you know critical even I think back to this year I had a couple of a couple of rough months and uh Max and Gaston Max our CEO and Gaston one of my partners here 
you know, pulled me aside and they're like, are you okay? <laughs> Actually, no, this has been a really bad summer. <laughs> like, you know, like, and I think that that like makes the tone for everything because yeah, even though, you know, maybe certain things weren't getting done or whatever in my position, they were like, like, we've got this, like, what do you yeah. need? You know, so. I don't think anybody wants to fail, right? Especially oh. when they're just starting off a job. Like nobody wants to start, go through the stress of starting a new job and fail in the first 90 days. But it's almost like we set them up for failure because we don't train them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I, you don't try to lose. No. And especially salespeople. <laughs> yeah, especially salespeople who are very highly competitive. Yeah. Um, I hate losing, so yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Okay, oh. so Katie, I did um, math, and I know that um, either you nor I are accountants by any mean, but in previous conversations, just to fill everybody in, Katie and I are a very passionate about the cost of vacancies, specifically the cost of sales director vacancies and what this can do and the lost revenue for a community. So on average, Katie, a community moves in for individuals a month. Okay. So the okay. average market rate is 5,500. Okay. But, but we have a vacancy. And if you're not utilizing a recruitment firm like yours, typically it's taking 90 days to recruit for that position. And then you have, or should have that 90 days for the onboarding and really somebody getting up and running. And like you said, starting to dial and getting their feet underneath them. It's another 90 days. So you have 180 days uh, of a standstill, right? So four move-ins a month at $5,500 per, per move-in. So that's $132,000 in lost revenue. And then if you add in the average length of stay for the industry, which is about 22 months, that's $2.9 million in lost revenue. And when I hear people like, ah, we're just going to try and recruit ourselves or we're going to have our wellness director or activity director fill in, I'm like, have you have you done the math yet? Like I'm not great at math, but can I try and walk you through what according to my what iPhone this, calculator? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what this what this actually means and what this looks like. Like you know, paying a recruiter a I don't know. I'm gonna throw numbers out there. Like twenty to thirty thousand dollars to help you find a strong sales director, opposed to losing two point nine million dollars in revenue. I'm always like, wait a second, let me help you think about it. And then there's all these like other layers of a sales director vacancy. Like I said, like you have the activity director then filling in and like there is such a thing as a bad tour mm -hmm. and then they're not doing the activities. So your residents are mad. So you just had right. two residents move out actually. Like how many times have you recruited so you have a client and they're like, I need you to recruit for this one position. And then the next thing you know, like you're recruiting for another position because somebody else got their workload and they're like, well, forget this. Like, why am I doing two jobs? Yeah, yeah. Um, it actually happened. We were recruiting for the sales director and then I got a call like a couple of weeks later, you know, the ED was doing the sales, which is typically right how it goes, you know, mm -hmm. or regional is coming yep. in and doing the sales. Um, but uh 
then it was like, okay, well, we also need the executive director too. And I'm like, oh, what happened? Burnout. Yep. <laughs> Surprise, you know. Yeah. There's so many, there's only so many hours in a day. And yeah. of course, when, you know, you're having other department heads or individuals fill in, it's rare if they get a bonus for that or you're making them feel appreciated. And yeah, that burnout, it can happen quick. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, having that position vacant, I just think back to when I was a regional too, and I had 13 communities, Washington, Oregon, California, and Arizona. I was all over the West Coast. And I had a few, you know, positions open at some of the communities and the executive director would do the tours and I would maybe do the phone call follow-ups, you know, on my office days and that kind of stuff. But I just think back to those times and it was, you know, probably took us a couple months to find a good candidate. And in that couple of months, we were maybe getting one, maybe two. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was when I could get there, you know, because AD is doing what they need to do, which is manage Mm -hmm. everything else in the whole building. And even the recruiting process, right? The executive directors, how it was for us back then was they were in charge of the ATS and getting the applicants and scheduling the interviews. And when I started taking that on um, with our head of recruiting, you know, he was pre-screening them right away and sending them to me and the ED and like, then I would go next kind of deal. And like, so we kind of got into this whole cadence where it made it go quicker and Mm -hmm. we could, you know, quickly get people into to interview. But then it was like, okay, well, I'm traveling and I can't get there until three weeks from now. Right. And it's like, that's a hard spot to be in where Mm -hmm. you want to give that support to your executive director. But you're also like, like you said, dealing with like eight other fires, maybe Mm -hmm. literally we're in California. So like, yeah, (laughs) you know, it was just like chaos. And you want to be able to be that kind of supported to, to, um, to your team members, but it also gets hard when you're traveling so much. So then it's what do you do, you know, um, you hire, so grow your occupancy virtual sales specialist. That's what you do. We'll you fill in the gap. There. You weren't there back then, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, also to like interviews and stuff, like you get people that are applying, like call them immediately. If they have the basic skill set and qualifications, like call them and have the conversation to see if they're going to be a good culture fit. Because I think that's the other thing is we're so speed to lead on move-ins. We need to be yeah. speed to lead on candidates as well. Yeah. yeah, it's competitive, very competitive out there right now. So it is the better. Okay, one last topic here before we have to to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I was at a conference last week and we were talking a little bit about um, mirroring marketing efforts to recruitment efforts. And it was a, a great discussion. And afterwards, somebody said it's still so hard because we're getting ghosted so much by candidates. And I actually experienced that with Grow Your Occupancy as we're recruiting. I'm like, why did this person not, sh- they, like, they, you took the time to reach out to me, but you didn't show up for the interview. Like, what's going on in the world, Katie? Why are we getting ghosted? Well, um, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, this actually happened, uh, where a candidate totally ghosted us. And I'm like, no, like you don't get off the hook that easily, you know? So I'm just like dialing, you know, finally a call at work and I'm like, what's up? What's up? What mm-hmm. happened? Um, you know, and I think people have this fear of actually being transparent. Um, 
where they are just really not that into you. Like, just say it. Just say, hey, yeah. I'm not into this anymore. Thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to, you know, remove myself from this process. I think a lot of times people just think, oh, if I just don't call or don't email back, it'll like it goes away. Sure, it goes away, but it also then leaves a really bad taste in that other person's totally. mouth about you as an individual three years from now when you go to apply to our job again, guess what? Like you're already out of the running because of the way you treated in the past. Um, I mean, ghosting, I don't think will go away anytime soon. Um, I think it's like literally here to stay. It's just how do we, like, I will never be a ghoster, right? Like I already know that about myself, um, but I wish other people maybe yeah, that's because you're extremely blunt and train up here. You're like, listen. <laughs> very true. I'm like, you're ghosting me. I'm calling you at your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Answering your landline. Um, no, but I think I think that as individuals, right, the more transparent we can be with where we feel we are in the interview process. Like after we talk to candidates and they say, hey, I'm just, you know, I don't think this is a good fit for me. I want to take the day to think about it. You know, that's fine. The next day, hey, this isn't a good fit. Hey, that's okay. Like, it's not going to be a perfect match every time. Um, and I appreciate you telling me that instead of me having to hunt you down, you know? Um, right, right. I think that that is like the biggest benefit, right, to using a recruiting firm is it's like, now you're not getting ghosted, Danny. Like, I am, and I'm taking that on, and I'm trying to get clarity for you of why they don't want to move forward in this position. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like to say we can limit the the ghosting, but sometimes it happens to us. Um, and, you know, but I would say those are very far few and in between the ghosting for us, at least. Good. But I'm sure yeah. okay. for okay. other okay. operators, it's a lot. It is. it is. Yeah. 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 That's sad. One more, One question. more question. Yeah. I was interviewing somebody the other day and I could tell that it wasn't a right fit. So I wrapped up the interview and I was transparent with them and told them that it wasn't a right fit and gave them a few reasons why, but told them what I could see them doing and how much I love their passion and to connect with me in a year after they've done this kind of other role and offered to make introductions to um, other individuals in the senior living industry that I think they would have been a good fit for. What do you think about that? Should you I love like, that. okay. <laughs> I love that. You know, we are such a big industry, but we're also so small, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's to me, um, you giving that person that, that shot and that, that kind of feedback is like invaluable and is so valuable to them as they grow professionally. Um, if you would have left the conversation and like, hey, that was so great. Like, I'll catch up with you. Like, you know, that's fine. But it's also, you know, you being able to and take the time to tell them, hey, if you do X, Y, Z, like, let's stay connected. I'd love to introduce you to some people like that's continuing to, first of all, have a great reputation for yourself and for your company. But then it's also taking care of each other, which I mean, that's what we do, right? Sure. And that's why we're all in senior living. We like taking care of people. Correct. Um, so yeah, I love it. Good job. Kudos okay, to you. Good. Well, cause, you know, I'm just like you, I'm blunt and transparent. And I was like, I love your energy. I love your passion. 
you need to do this, this, and this first, and I'll help you. I'll connect you, and then call me in a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I think too, you know, um, during the interview process, I think people are are a little um, apprehensive about being so transparent about where the building lies, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like what the what the battles are going to be for the next six months for that salesperson that's going into it, right? Reputation, all of that. But I think the quicker we can be very transparent about those things and what the needs are of the community, the better off we are in the interview process because you're able to, you know, have a very open dialogue about it and allow that individual to say, do I have the skills to do what they're asking me to do? Mm-hmm. And if they or do I want to? Am I want for that challenge? Right. Do I want exactly. that headache? Yeah, do I want it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like, then they can also decide, okay, I'm either going to self-select in or out depending mm-hmm. upon what is being said here. And so I think if we can be a little bit more transparent and honest about what the needs of the building are, what the goals of the company, the building, whatever it might be, the better off we are with our candidates because they already know the expectations going mm-hmm. in day one. They know this is going to be a hit the ground running type of deal. And it won't be a surprise to them you know, 30 days from then of like, you know, where it's sitting and what the goals are, you know, it'll be all laid out on the table. Right. And I think that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Cause there's nothing worse than somebody saying, I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to be like this. I didn't know this was going to be the expectation. I didn't know this community was a hot mess. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Transparency. That's, that's the worst. That's yeah. the worst. Um, because I, I mean, I would want to know. Yeah am I getting myself into? So mm-hmm. yeah, Absolutely. transparency is key. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, there you have it, folks. If you take away anything from Katie and I today, it is please be transparent in your interview and recruiting yeah. process. <laughs> and, and the cost of a vacancy is way too much. Correct. Way too much. <laughs> Call us. Either one of us will help you. <laughs> one of us. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Katie, for joining yeah. me. It's always a pleasure. And we'll see everybody soon. Yeah, thank you.